Do I think we have one single person in the form of Mr. Burns going, excellent, excellent. <laughs> Welcome to 33 Tangents, a roundtable discussion covering a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Your hosts, Jason Thompson, John Moran, Jen Coons, and myself, Jim Driscoll, all live in different areas of the world, but work together in the same company. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. Something just happened. Something weird just happened. Now it's back. What's up? I don't know. It sounded like someone was in a tunnel or something. Oh. Um, Nope, everything sounds good to me. But it's funny, all of this bickering, (laughs) this friendly... Settle down, Bryant. Like, we're we're easing into it here. So... Is he talking? Because I can't hear him. I can hear him. You can't hear me now, Jim? Now I can. If you were talking a moment ago. He was just talking really, really softly. Okay. Um, But uh, all of this friendly bickering actually gives me a great way to get into our topic today. Because so, you know, in in a recent episode, Jason, you and I had Dan Roden on with us. And we were talking about trust culture. You know, building a tr- culture of a trust in an organization, which is taboo for, for, for many, right? So I want to kind of continue on with that and cover another uh, business taboo today, which is getting personal, you know, making business personal. Um, it, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, on, it's one of your missions. Um, so, you know, th- there's a common belief that, you know, a business needs to be formal, cold, boring, um, so let's talk about what it means to make business personal, uh, what benefits can be seen, and why some people ch- try to shy away from it. Yeah, so I, I think uh, a lot of us, we came up in this, uh, the, this belief that you play a role when it comes to business. You have, your, you have your personal life, you have your work life, and those are two separate things. And that, that you keep those things separate. You, you don't bring personal things to work. And it's just not a reality, right? Uh, and I don't know if it's the changing landscape of business with, with things becoming a little bit fuzzier or if it just always was the case and we rejected it. But the reality is, is we're people. And, and to pretend that we're, we're not is really, really difficult. And so for, for me, it's one of the key things that we choose chose and choose to focus on is building out the culture of 33 sticks is that not only is important it's it's central to what we do that we take business personally and if that means being open to having conversations with our our clients whether that's being more open internally and we've talked about the concept of family um you know all those things do tend to be taboo or it, it puts people in an uncomfortable space. Um, and we've had a lot of feedback to that extent. You know, we've heard you, you can't look at it like a family that's dangerous. They're just employees. You're just a business. We've talked with, with people who 
have pushed back with being open with the people you work with and say, you know, you can't discuss personal things with them. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not for you to, to know that your, your clients are celebrating a big birthday milestone and going on a hike uh, in the Appalachians and they're really like, that's not to know, just do the work and then get back to your personal self. Well, and unless you're an executive, it seems like the executives at companies can do that more frequently than just so, the average person. So do you think but it's they, about but they control do that in then? Like a, they do that in like the really public um, meetings or like all hands or things like that. So it's fake. I don't know. I'm just saying that I've seen that. Interesting. So do you think that it comes down to, I guess, then two things. One, do you think they're doing that as a way to seem more human to their employees? Uh, and or do you think it's a way that if it's okay for a certain level to be personal and others not, is it about control? That we can't trust just any normal employee to be human and have human interactions with, with people that interact with our business? Um, I don't, I don't think I know the why behind either of them. Um, I've, I've always been much more personal with how I've handled myself in organizations and companies, um, regardless of what level I was at. But it, it just is interesting because I, I would see executives do that, uh, quite a bit. Um, Hmm. and then employees just at various levels kind of feel stifled in their, their ability to do client facing or, or whatnot for, for whatever reason. So I'd be interested in your, your take on that, um, in that you've worked for some larger agencies uh, in your career. Um, I, my, my experience has primarily been with, with smaller agencies. So I'm, I'm interested in kind of your perspective um, as far as whether it was directly communicated about how you should engage with your, your clients or if it was just um, kind of assumed um, that there's certain ways that you're supposed to engage in certain ways that you're not. <clears throat> so thinking back to strictly agency when I was working there, it actually was a much more um, fluid and human and personal uh, culture at that company, even, even given the size of it, which was um, north of a thousand employees when I was there. They're even bigger now, but um, uh, didn't matter if it was a developer or if it was a, a lead designer or an account manager, there was much more of a focus on having real personal connections with clients. Um, and that was, that was part of the culture of that agency. Um, and I've seen that similarly at other, at other partners. Um, when I was at Adobe, you know, and working at different, uh, on sites with different clients that I was working with, um, I would see a spectrum. Some consultants actually seemed very good at being very personal. Others felt like they kind of needed to, to wear the suit, the suit, both visually and socially. Um, with how they would how they would act, um, and I, I over the past, I'd say maybe decade or so, I have seen a trend more so that people are loosening up and not not trying to put on an act or a show beyond what they actually are uh, from a personality standpoint for the sake of you know, trying to impress a client. Yeah, I think a lot of it. Um... I think a lot of it may be a millennial thing. And again, I hate to over kind of generalize, but um, with with that segment, it, it's a much 
different way that they view business. Uh, and, and, um, it's, it's interesting, the changes and the waves that are being pushed through, through business. So I have a question for, for both of you, you know, thinking through the potential drawbacks and maybe why businesses and, and individuals for that matter, may be hesitant to kind of put themselves out there as, as, as Jim or as Bryant, have you ran into situations in the past where being open and, and kind of being human, um, cause potential problems either with uh, a client or with uh, a colleague or maybe someone in management where maybe it was something that you shared or something um, and it and it didn't go over well and it caused problems well I, I've seen it in in a couple cases and you could probably say maybe this isn't being personal in the the, the, the context that we're talking about but I've seen it a couple times where maybe those that were young in their career went out, you know, went out with, you know, say maybe some more of the senior members of the team to, to treat clients like dinner and drinks. And because they were still fairly new to it, you know, things maybe got a little too personal, right? They, or a little too casual. And maybe they were just too, too young in their career. So maybe that's more of a... The more I think about it, the more I talk about it. Maybe that was more of a mentoring thing. They, they just hadn't been experienced to that. So I think you know, the, the drawback is there is, you know, if you have someone, say, you know, earlier in their career, more, um, you know, more on the green side of things, you know, when it comes to whether it's taking a client out to, to, to warm them a bit with dinner and drinks or something like that, you know, really pulling a person aside and saying, like, this is how you make sure things don't get too out of control. You, you go out, you have a good time, but, like, don't let things go beyond that. So, I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me, was I've seen it where, like, that, that it, it got, it, it, um, it, it got a little, away, the situation got away from, from people. Do you think um, do you think part of it is that businesses fear taking any kind of position on things and being personal kind of potentially puts you in that position to be in a different group versus versus not? So again, you see a lot of businesses, whether it's it's political or otherwise, they, they just we, we don't take a stance. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it seems like the safe way. But but on the flip side, you see companies like Patagonia and others that like, we don't give a crap. We're taking a stance. Um, and do you think part of that kind of goes to influence this whole personal thing that, you know, it's, we're, we're, we're just robotic. We're just doing tasks. We don't have a stance. We don't have thoughts about things. We don't want to risk people being upset because Jim is a Philly sports, you know, fanatic and, Mm -hmm. you know, we like the Cowboys or something. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I, I think... In and some that's cases, a stupid yes. example, but... Yeah. But no, I, th- I think you bring up a good point. Like, I think in certain cases, yes, like, it, it's being very agnostic. And I can argue pros and cons to that, especially in today's polarizing political atmosphere. You know, that might be something where that's like a... that That's too sensitive a situation where... You know, with the what we're producing, with what our product is, political stances have no, have you know, it, it doesn't matter what the political stance of someone is, either us or the consumer. So we're just going to stay out of that. Um, we're, we're we're here to to provide a service, and again, I think t- today's political atmosphere is is way too polarized that 
you know, I, I think it, depending upon your product, it, it may be better to do that. But I think in other cases, yeah, I think it's it, it it's to keep things simpler. Um, God, man, I'm, I'm, I'm tongue-tied at the moment. Like, there's a couple things I want to say, and I can't get it out. Um, I think politics aside, politics, it's just, with that particular thing, it, it's such a sensitive topic that... You know, I can't fault someone for saying, you know what, as a company, we are politically agnostic. You know, um, we're, 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 we're going to keep our beliefs to ourselves. Whereas with other things, I think it's, it's, it's almost to like dehumanize, like, you know, the, the stuff that may be trivial, staying out of that, that is to maybe just dehumanize the situation. You give us money, we give you product, we pay our employees, and we're done. Yeah. I don't know. That probably didn't answer your question. That just probably muddied, muddied the water even more. <laughs> no, no, it's it, it's it's fine. So uh, I I guess a follow up question that that I have is, um, how how do we think through it in a in a way where we're being, um, what what's the right word? Um, considerate to to maybe other ways that people view things because you know I'll admit I there are things that I see that to me just make perfect sense and it's not until I say it out loud and someone's like what the hell are you talking about that it forces me to think okay maybe that isn't as clear and doesn't make as much sense as I think it doesn't you know just recently we had the conversation about unlimited PTO and to me I'm like this is a no-brainer like I, I think we're using this and it's working amazing and I put it out there and all I get is like you know, you're an idiot. Like, this is a scam. You're screwing your employees over. They hate it. They're just not going to tell you. I'm like, whoa, really? Like, I, I had no idea. Right? And the same with this. You know, I, I, we, we've talked about this um, this conversation that I had where I was on a, a conference call, and I brought up a personal story with one of the other attendees. And after the call, he pulled me aside and said, dude, like, don't bring up personal stories on this is business. Like, you don't talk about business. I'm like, and it, it just, like, was like a, a boot to the head. You know, I'm like, I never thought about that. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you know we shouldn't be having these type of conversations. No, and I think that that that's a little different from what we were just talking about, and you know, bringing certain things in. Like to, to me, that you and I have talked about that 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 situation a couple times, and to me, it's always just been natural. Like I, I was thinking back to a couple things before we jumped on, and for me, it's always been just like a natural habit to bring those, those conversations or bring those topics into, into a conversation. And, um, I, I think in many ways it's, it's helped diffuse situations and it also kind of brings levity to sometimes some really stressful situations. Um, but again, I think, you know, the, the reason why I think some, to me, it's natural to do that. Um, to, to, to me, it, it's natural to describe things like, um, yeah, you know, I'll I'll go to, to to an example. So I, I've I've been open about how, you know, uh, my wife and I, you know, we, we had to go through for, for fertility treatment. You know, we, we ran into fertility issues, and you know, the more you start talking about it, you realize that you know several other people have done that. And I'm like, you know, our journey was not nearly as complex as some others was, but it was still a journey we had to go through. And you know, I, I share it with people. Well, a year and a half ago, as we were starting to go through that, um, I'm up at a client, we're having lunch, we're talking, I say something, they kind of look at me, and I'm like, all right, this may get a little personal, but 
here's a situation and they're all you know they're looking at me like oh i know someone who had to go through that and you know they were actually very supportive of it i mean we're all people right yeah we're, we're all people you know and you you would think i mean it would that be the same situation you would think you know, some people would pull you aside and say you you, you you don't talk about that in front of a client and i was just back up there again like three four weeks ago and they had a little gift for us you know to, to, to bring home for the baby and you know things like that um yeah, it's. I, I can see why people shy away from it too, um, because it, it, it makes it very personal when you have to, or it, it makes it very hard when, say, you have to cut off a relationship or something like that. Um, I think while it may make it tough for that, I think it actually makes having tough conversations which push the relationship further. The, both the personal relationship and the business relationship, it actually makes it easier. It makes yeah. it easier to pull those people yeah. aside because you've had other conversations that go beyond just the superficial, you know, in a more friendly context in the past. And and aren't they two separate relationships, two separate things? Um, like the relationship also. between, meaning the relationship between companies and the relationship between people are, are really two separate things in that if you know let's say we cut off a relationship with the company that's at the company level um but that doesn't necessarily cut off the relationship at the personal level and, and the same with the person leaving a company you know we've always yeah. talked about it. it's like but that we're, we're still connected on that that personal level right and I think, and that's honestly, I think you just hit it. That's why people try to avoid it because they can't separate the two. To the to them, to one, you know, they're one and the same. So I don't want to have to deal with maybe the the stickiness if if, if the business relationship, you know, if and, that doesn't and, pan and out. And I and I think you hit an important uh, nail on the head here. And wouldn't that help explain why business people are so crappy at communication? Because they lack empathy for the other person because they can't, they, it's like, oh, this is just a, a business relationship. But if they were able to see it as a, well, there's entities that have relationships at a legal level with each other, but we have relationships as humans and I shouldn't be a shitty human, right? Mm -hmm. But if they're, if they're not able to make that disconnection, I can see very well how outside of work, they may be a very caring, empathetic person, but once they get inside of work and they put the cape on and the and the tie and that whatever and the costume, they all of a sudden become a different person and we don't have to treat people with empathy and respect and kindness because it's just a business relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so <clears throat> I think you guys are, are talking about a lot of interesting things and I, I think what you're saying, Jason, is is really true is that if they <clears throat> if they eliminate the possibility of being personally responsible and it's only about the bottom line and the dollars and cents then they can they can be less emotional about their quote-unquote direct conversations um which you know maybe maybe is a defense mechanism for them to to have to feel that that empathy but um I, I think it's really interesting, though, in all of this that, you know, we're we're three individuals that are in technology and, and specifically consulting technology. And and I think we've got a very unique culture just by nature of being in tech that's very different than other industries. Um, my my entire career has essentially been in consulting. So 
I've worked with, uh, you know, from healthcare to finance to government to, you know, other startups. And, and it really does seem to be that some industries just don't allow culturally as much personality to be there um, because it is a little bit more suit and tie based or... Are you thinking um, finance? Yeah, I mean, finance is, is a good example where everybody is is pretty, you know, for the most part, again, like all all generalities have expe- exceptions, right? But but generally speaking in finance, it's much more um, dry and um, you connect with some individuals here and there. But as an industry, it's, it's just very much business all the time. Um, so... Um, that's it, that's same, that sounds that sounds depressing. It it <laughs> at the same time though we as consultants um, and and kind of the reason why I think we've succeeded in our uh, our careers and have stayed in the industry of consulting and services is our ability to react to and respond appropriately depending on what that. Uh, what that threshold is with a personality, right? Because there, there are some people that I've worked with in, in let's just say healthcare, um, that I've been able to connect with very personally and have a really awesome relationship with, um, whereas you know others aren't. And so, I think that's a a really interesting thing about our roles, just in general, is is our ability to navigate that and have the social intelligence to be able to respond um, to an individual's needs or or pick up on the nonverbal cues that exist um, even on the phone to be able to know, you know, where that threshold is of, can we talk about, um, you know, Jim's, you know, fertility stuff versus do they have any interest at all in, in a surgery that's coming up or, or something along those lines. Don't, don't we crave that? And maybe again, I'm overgeneralizing based on my view of things, but don't, don't we crave that with, with every service that we, with most services that we subscribe to like we want there to be some kind of personal level of care and commitment there maybe that's an overreach but um i just i just find that the 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 ones where it seems very shallow and we can't have that depth of conversation the immediate thing i walk away with is that this relationship just doesn't have much value to it and therefore whatever we're going to do together has a limit in the value we're going to be able to create. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're getting into like a really philosophical, deep, like human need. And I, I would agree that we do as humans crave that and need that. I think there's, uh, there's probably research that's been done into that human, uh, emotion and the need for that um that that connection with people um but i think the the old school of thought and the business schools have uh you know from my purview just kind of taught people to be more about the numbers and and look at a case study and regardless of the human emotions and um look at it you know from a a legal not even a moral standpoint and and if things are legal in business then let's do it and and you then get into the the amoral activities that that companies will participate in that have no regard for the humans that are impacted, and I think that they've they've had to separate it um, uh, from from their own personal emotions because if they 
if they were to empathize, then, you know, probably wouldn't be as aggressive or as assertive um, in certain situations. So you're saying that essentially our, our path has been laid out before us and that we're going to maybe not be at the top performers of revenue generation because we have a soul, damn it, but we're going to be happier than everybody else. I, that's what I think I heard you say. Um, yeah, I mean, you're putting a lot of words in my mouth now, but I, I think that... No, but you're saying, you're saying that from a business standpoint, if you really want to look at it as a cold, calculated perspective of the bottom line drives everything that you can't have it personal because sometimes you, you, know, you need to make decisions where you, you don't want to have to be in a position to be empathetic um, because that shouldn't factor into your decision. Your decision making should be, is this going to make us more money or not? Full well, stop. I, I think... I think we're able to operate at a very different scale because we don't have, um, we don't we don't have a leash of investors that are demanding a return at a specific timeline, and we don't have, you know, stockholders and shareholders that are demanding things on a quarterly basis. Whereas, you know, big business does, and and I think that drive and the need to su- survive as a corporation for some of these companies dictates things that are very inhuman in behaviors and decisions that are made um, for the sake of keeping that organism known as the corporation alive and thriving and growing and always showing year over year and quarter over quarter growth. Shout out to Patagonia for for rejecting that crappy way of doing business. And you guys are going to talk while I go find the quote. Yeah. So, Bryant, I also think you brought up something else when you were talking about, like, you know, the amoral stuff that that, that companies do. And I think it's, you know, making, you know, if they don't humanize the customer, you know, they're they're able to to get away with that. Because, I mean, look look at all the conversation around vaping today. You know, are these Mm -hmm. products safe? You know, they've only been on the market for a few years and are already... You know, people are you know appear to be getting sick using them. So, if you're a company that has to make money and you're selling a product which, right now, allegedly is not nearly as healthy as they say it is, you know, not only do you have to dehumanize the customer, I think you have to dehumanize the employee, and just to, to to be able to do that. I mean, did did I hear you correctly? Well, I mean, what <laughs> it's interesting because yeah, like there's been a few deaths from vaping, but like thousands of people die every day from cigarette use. So it, mm-hmm. it's interesting, like the lens that's put on a particular um, new emerging market out there. But I, I, I just, I, I just brought it up because it was on the news again. Totally. This morning. Totally. But, but I, and, I think inherently you, know, you, you ask, your, I think there's a deeper question there of what are you in the business of promoting? And, um, you know, I, I don't think we should debate the morality of, of tobacco use or, of alcohol or other things potentially here but uh, but if your product is actually causing physical harm um to humans and it's uh, you know that it's a it's a decision that you'd have to make on whether or not you'd you'd be in that business to begin with mm-hmm. now where, where i was going with it was is that you know yeah i'm the type of person listen if, if you want to do something to yourself and knowingly know what it's going to do to you hey that, 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 that's your decision um, so yeah, I'm not going, you know, I agree. Let's not, you know, I'm not trying to debate 
the morality of, of using those products. You know, what I was getting at and what I thought I heard you say was like, you know, in, in order for a company to make money selling those products, there has to be a level of dehumanization. And yeah. you can't humanize your employees and be close and personal with your employees and then dehumanize your customer. You have to dehumanize everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So Yvonne, so Yvonne sh said on, on, on growth, you can grow too fast. A faster a business grows, the faster it dies. And I think that that's part of the problem with a uh, economy that is based on, on quarterly Wall Street expectations and investor expectations is everything sh is, is so short-term focused rather than are we making smart decisions about sustainability? And I think when it comes to building relationships, relationships are about long-term, right? Like, unless we're looking at it as, I'm just gonna, what's the, what's the terminology that uh, Edward Norton used in Fight Club? Um, his single serving friends, like unless, unless our relationships are single serving, it's just this one interaction and I don't give a crap about you, then I, you know, I should care about the long term. You know, we should care about, are we, are we making decisions to have a sustainable relationship? And, and a lot of times to do that, it's, it's not about necessarily what's best in the here and now, but I, not to, not to, uh, disregard your, your point. Um, Brian, in that it, you know, it is a lot of a lot of businesses, a lot of the businesses that we we know and buy and interact with are are driven based on quarterly results, and I think that that changes a lot of the culture of how they they look and do business. And I think as employees, that has to be potentially really really challenging because uh, as much as people want to say that you know we can separate the two and this is just a job and this is like how many hours what percentage of everyone's lives are dedicated to a company it's it's tremendously huge and it, it just it just doesn't feel healthy to have that as a role that we don't care about and, not, and maybe we don't care isn't the right the right word but to play a part for the vast majority of our time it just seems like a very depressing way to view life But then again, I'm not selling billion-dollar companies, so what the hell do I know? <laughs> no, I mean, you, you bring up a good point. And I think you know, if we want to look at it, I think it's been a slow evolution over the last several decades. Because, Jason, let's go back to, like, one of the early episodes where we were taught, you know, we talked about, like, going out and either creating your own business or working for a small company. Because I think you know, you and I got similar advice, and Bryant, I, I would imagine, you you got the same advice. I think our, our generation all got the same advice, where it was like, you know, go out and work for that big company, work for them for forty five years, you know, retire with with a nice pension, um, but really, like, were those people that were given that advice snowed, because you know. I think, you know, for, for many people, and I think a lot of people are coming to a realization, I think we're hitting on part of it is, is when you work for a large company, you're just seen as a cog and a very replaceable cog at that. You know, you just, you, you decide to leave and you may think, well, I'm leaving. They'll never replace me. They'll have someone there most likely within a few weeks to, to, to replace you. Um, so what I think it is, is I think we've been almost conditioned to work is not meant to be personal um, because 
you know, we're, we're both there, you know, I'm there to get paid and they're there to get the, the, the fruits of my labor. And, you know, both of us can replace each other at, at a moment's notice instead of, you know, working to go and either build something on your own or have something that, and this is not meant to be an insult, but have something, say, like a, a, a small company that, you know, it's a, it's a core group of people that are out to actually produce something worthwhile. Sorry, another another rambling rant. <laughs> there is a there is a perfect scene from uh, an old Simpsons episode that totally defines this. And if either one of you can read my mind, nope. it would be the most amazing thing ever. Well, you're you're too young to even know what the Simpsons. What are, are you Brian, talking so. about? The Homer, <laughs> Homer Mobile? Is that what you're talking about? No. Oh. Are, are you talking about the episode where? Homer's counting down the days where he can quit the nuclear plant. It's kind of a flashback to before Maggie was born. So, of course, the day he can quit because they've paid everything off, he, like, literally burns a bridge as he's celebrating leaving and goes to work at the bowling alley. No, but that's an amazing one. Um, <laughs> so, so Flanders, I think, ends up being committed to a men's mental institution. And, oh, that's um, right. They, the doctors bring in Homer to, to talk with him. And, um, and Homer says something like, you, 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 you just can't even insult this guy. You, you insult him and you call him a moron and he just sits there grinning moronally. You know, <laughs> Flanders is the perfect, like, corporate citizen, right? Like, he just plays the role perfectly. And, and then Homer finally gets to the point where he says, you know what your problem is, Flanders? You're afraid to be human. And, and, and he's like, well, why would I be afraid to do that? And, and Homer's like, because humans are obnoxious sometimes. You know, humans hate things. <laughs> then Flanders says something like, "Well, maybe a few of them back east." Um, but you know, it's it, it, it you know it's it's so amazingly in, insightful and such a great representation that um, you know Flanders is the perfect corporate employee, right? It's 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 just this role, and you know you're 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 starched. You know everything is is perfect. But you're afraid to be human, right? Like we're afraid to talk about things. We're afraid to do anything because um, companies, and I like the word you used, Jim, you said conditioned, you know, companies uh, and people have been conditioned to be so fearful of everything, you know, and when Homer says, you know, you're afraid to be human, it's it's kind of what the system has conditioned in us. It's it's told us that it's it's scary to be human because you know humans are obnoxious sometimes. We hate things. We're annoying, and if you're any of those things, then well, someone's not going to buy from you. You're not going to get that promotion. You're not going to get that you know you're not going to get that bonus. So we play this role, but the reality is, and I think every one of us could probably attest to this, is that when you break outside of being Flanders. That's when the amazing things start to happen. It's okay to be obnoxious. It's okay to hate things. It's okay to have opinions about things. And and not to say be crazy and out there and not wade in, in your opinions and how you, you interact, but it's it's also okay just to be a human. I mean, that's what yeah, we it, are. It It is, and I would say maybe sometimes it isn't, though, because we've been conditioned through being penalized or punished for doing that in sometimes and and I'm not talking you know me specifically but I think the perception is if I am that person I and I'm not you know Flanders at the office then I'm not going to get that raise I'm not going to get the stock options 
Um, and my family is dependent on that. My mortgage is dependent on me being able to do that. Um, my boat payment is dependent on me being able to do that. And so um, I think there's there's something greater to be said around um, maybe the, the relationship between one's ability to be personal and pull it off without, you know, giving a shit versus how much they've created a dependency on not not rocking the boat for themselves financially um, and, you know, maybe being more Flanders than than they normally would be. And I think we ought to we ought to um, always reference this person as Flanders now for moving forward. I, I like it. It's really good, isn't it? Now, do you think it's intentional or it's just something that has organically happened? Because, I mean, I have an opinion as to which I'm curious I think, to see what you I think it's been conditioned, um, but I also think, you know, th- this is a much broader topic, but the um, the overstretching of, of people's need for things that drives financial um, decisions that they make creates massive dependencies on on a job that you know they shouldn't have right and so i think that alters behavior in a certain way um but that's a that's a much bigger topic around just consumerism in general right but it is but it is an important topic because again if if this is where we're spending the bulk of our time and our energy and that's the driver isn't it important to have that conversation it's essentially what you're saying brian is that you're a prisoner you're basically electing to be a prisoner. That's I'm, what it sounds I'm like not, to me. I'm not. No, no, no. But, that, that's but, what but I'm think, not. So, but, but when you're yeah, what I know I'm you. This... I know. I'm just. I'm teasing you back there because um, you said you. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The proverbial you, the Flanders, is right. They have created themselves. They have created a prison around themselves, and um, you know, it actually makes me think about even broader topics around like mental health and the state of affairs with that for people in offices and, and the things that you see there. But um, yeah, I think people just, you know, they, they leverage themselves so much um, financially that they they are scared out of their mind of losing that job and they will do anything to keep it at the expense of, of a personal relationship. Well, and um, the, at, the, at the expense of their, their mental health. Uh, totally. I mean, I, I think that that's the opposite of serenity. There's, you know, it just seems like, you, you may have a comfort level of maintaining a certain lifestyle, but ultimately how much are you going to be able to enjoy that if, if you lack serenity because you are a prisoner to someone else's approval? And, and again, not to say that we're, we're anarchists and we're off doing kind of our own thing, but to, to a degree, you know, I, I just think it is very unhealthy for employees to, to willingly choose to be a, a prisoner uh in in that scenario just from a mental health perspective that you bring up like we're seeing um in in business especially in tech huge issues with with mental health and depression and um I, you know part of it is is most likely chemical and hereditary but a big part of it is a very very toxic environment that we've put ourselves into yeah, and, and to be honest with you, I'm going to get into it. I, I think some of it is is intentional. It, it's by design to 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 create. I'm going to say it: disposable employees or employees that will burn themselves out for not just fear of not getting that promotion, but for fear of being fired. Um, 
it's because I think it's it's ingrained in people. You know, you do what you need to do to maintain that job, um, in order to continue to to live a life. And because I think a lot of, a lot of people get stuck in that keeping up with the Joneses um, kind of mentality, which creates this vicious cycle. Now, when I say, is it intentional? Do I think there's one person? Do I, you know, let's continue using our Simpsons analogy. Do I think we have one single person in the form of Mr. Burns going, excellent, excellent. No, but I think it's a combination of multiple things. But I think there's definitely some drivers that are saying, if we can get people into this state, we then have employees we can abuse. If there's not a book out there that uses The Simpsons as a foundation for talking about business norms and ethics, then there's a huge missed opportunity there. There was um, a book out there that I have. I don't know if it's still in print or not called The Simpsons in Society. Now, oh, really? This that would be was a fascinating written, read. It was written maybe 15 years ago. I got to pull it out and read it again. But, of course, the, the, the author uses, like, the early seasons to compare it. Like, the, the, the more recent seasons aren't nearly as satirical as... The early seasons are but quick aside yes the simpsons and society that was a uh, a book that i read at one point fascinating fascinating so I, I i guess like like with a lot of these topics that we choose what what word did you use brian you said it was uh it wasn't did you say philosophical or something even deeper than that the, the we, philosophical human need we, we 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 tackle these really really big topics and stuff that like i'm sure people have been wrestling with much smarter than me for sure for a long time but you know hopefully we get people thinking um uh, about things and and again i'm i'm okay being challenged i think we take a very um specific view of the world and it's easy to say you know i pick up this grain of sand and it represents the whole world and i know that that's not fair and um isn't isn't the case um but what kind of things can we take away from this conversation i guess as as employees from a we started the conversation out talking about our view of the importance of of being personal when it comes to business Uh, and we kind of morph that into the reason we're having this conversation is because um if if we don't have this in environment what's up Locked here, but it's locked. Okay, I'll open it. All right, you guys talk. Hold on. I think it just got personal. Oh, you're muted. Jim, you there? Well, that'd be funny enough. I was talking and I was muted. So yeah, that that is the the perfect example of of it getting personal <clears throat> and unfiltered. Yeah. You know, yeah, and totally. so, so we're wait, waiting for Jason to come back. I actually just thought of something, you know, before we start to wrap up, you know, you know, I mean, they're, they're talking more and more about the impacts of social media and what that has, you know, what that's done with society and, and even just interpersonal relationships. Do you think maybe like, you know, looking, you know, taking social as an example, like, you know, I have to project a certain image to get a certain number of likes right you know seeing like the number of likes or comments on a picture or status update or whatever i mean that, that there's a dopamine hit there that makes you feel good so in the same way do you think people don't want to be personal in business so that they're liked mm. i i don't know because i think i think the ones that are personal are liked 
the most. Um, or let me rephrase that. Like maybe it's they they project a a certain image to be mm-hmm. liked. Maybe yeah. you know, this goes from yeah. being uh, personal to being genuine. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's that's really poignant, and it's it's interesting when you you have perceived understandings of who people are, and then um, after after somebody has left the company and then others come out and they're like, Oh, you know, this so-and-so is, was such a different person, you know, for us as, as people that were being managed by that person and behind mm-hmm. closed doors, it was a very different uh, reality. I think, I think there's a lot of, a lot of that that takes place as well. Just being two faced and mm-hmm. um, inauthentic or, you know, you said genuine, um, I, I don't think there's a, a lot of authenticity with people, which is unfortunate. But I, I don't think that's isolated in business either. I think that... That's um, become life, I think, especially yeah, with the I think, social media. Totally. Is projecting yeah. this image that you know, will get you the likes, you know, the, 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 the superficial friendship and whatnot. Totally. Yeah. I'm back. We said that you made it personal just there. <laughs> that was totally staged. <laughs> All right. So I think what I was asking, and maybe you you talked about it, but I was asking like, so I, I was basically setting up the question of we started out this conversation talking about, you know, the importance, uh, at least from our perspective of making business personal. And we kind of were going down this path of from a business perspective, it makes sense. And we kind of morphed that conversation into it's important from a mental health standpoint um, that you know we 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 treat it um, with the respect that it needs. That you know these things are important at the individual employee level for for maintaining some level of of mental health. Um, what what advice do we have at, at least for people to think about? You know, for like what what's important in the way that we work? What questions do I am I mean? Am I working in an environment? I'm am I working with a supportive company um, where where these things are open and being talked about? Well, there's that, and I think it's also asking yourself: Are are you around genuine people? Because what we were just talking about, you know, right before you got back, was you know, I brought up the example of social media and people projecting an image to get the likes, the retweets, whatever. Um, you know, we've actually talked about that on, on a previous episode too. So to kind of go off of that, like I would also ask yourself, you know, am I around genuine people? You know, genuine people that, w- you know, will help me, you know, be genuine. Because a, a person I worked for years ago said, you know, the, the most toxic of environment will make the best of people turn toxic themselves. So it's, it's, you know, making sure you're, you, you become who, who you're around. So if you want to be genuine yourself, you know, part of it starts with you, but then it's also seeking out those that will be genuine back, that will be real back, that will allow you to get to the personal level. Yeah, and here's, here's a really good simple test that anybody um, could do as part of just kind of finding that out for themselves is, is when you're meeting with your supervisor or your boss or your boss's boss and talking to them evaluate how much they talk about their needs from you versus your needs that they can support and and identify whether or not all you are to them is an asset to help them out in their career or if they're truly interested in you as an individual and what you might need 
to make your job or your day-to-day better or easier. I like that. And that, and I think that that's one of the, the hardest things. And I have, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I have a really jaded view of, of the business world in that from the bulk of my interactions, it seems like most people are just really concerned about themselves. Um, and I've always been really guarded when dealing with people thinking that that's the perspective that they're taking. Um, but it's, it's so refreshing and it's so healthy. And the, the paradox of it is, is that more people become successful and happier when you think about others. Um, I want someone to challenge me to tell me that that's not how the world is, but it just seems like to that point, Brian, most people honestly are just out to save themselves um, and could care less about the rest of the team or anybody else for that matter. Yeah, I find that um, you you really have to put up your guard for yourself um, in a lot of cases. And again, I, I was saying this to Jim while you were away for a second, Jason, that that we're talking about this from a, a business perspective, but it's it's really just a life and current state of the world and society perspective that that in general, um, you know, people are looking out for themselves first out of, you know, just selfish behavior, whether it's driving driving your kids to school and, you know, that other person cuts you off as you're going there or, you know, standing in line um, for a ride at an amusement park and somebody decides they need to cut in front of you because it's, it's up to them. Like there's, there, there's so many relations outside of business around just, um, the inability of, of people to think beyond themselves and, and, um, the impact they have on others, negative or positive. So how do, how do we change that? And can one or two people make a difference? And I, I guess we're probably really getting off topic here, but, it's, it's also interesting timing. And I tell this story not to say that I'm like a good person, um, but I tell it almost the opposite. So yesterday I was driving down to the grocery store, pouring rainstorm. Um, I, I'm driving up this, this road. I see a, a motorcycle laying on its side and a guy standing next to it. And he's kind of trying to push it up and just eventually just kind of standing there. I watched three cars drive past him. And then what did I do? I, I drove past him. And then I get up the street a little bit and I stopped in the middle of the road. I'm like, and I think I said it out, out loud. I said, what the hell is wrong with me? You know, and I flipped a U-turn, went back. I'm like, dude, you need some help? He's like, yeah, I, I put my bike down. I don't, I can't push it up myself. But we're so, I, again, I tell that story not to like say, oh, I help someone. I'm a, I'm a great person. I'm like, no, I passed him by too, you know, but it's, it's just seems so natural. We're just so self-focused, self-centered, um, but I don't think we're happy because of it. I think we're happier when we let that down a little bit and 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 help others and put ourselves out there. But how do we change that? Again, in this landscape, it just seems so overwhelming that that's how we, we operate. Can, can a few people, can a couple of businesses make a difference? We can with those that we interact with. Um, making grain sweeping societal changes I'm I'm more pessimistic about the ability to do so, but I can I can tell you since I've joined and seeing the the relationships that are here um, with the clients that we've worked with, I know I, I know we're making a difference with those that we're interacting with, and I've I've heard that directly from those individuals and our clients. 
Yeah. No, and I, I appreciate you posted something on our internal Slack this morning to that, and I think it's important to to realize that and that if you, you try to look at this bigger thing that you're trying to solve, it's so overwhelming that we really can't make a dent. But if we focus on, on our little circles that we can make a difference and we've definitely seen that. I know Jim has some examples with, with companies he's worked directly with that taking that personal caring approach has made really impactful differences in people's lives and it's really, really amazing to see that. And for me, it gives me a lot of hope um, and really energizes uh, me for 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 what we're doing. I mean, the work is. I don't want to. I don't want to diminish the work that it's secondary, but the work is almost like come second, right? To that that relationship and caring for people, and just that we happen to be really good at analytics um, and optimizing businesses is a, is assumed. But you know, helping people out because we're humans, that to me is what I feel the best about. Hippie Jason manager <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. And I want to go back to, to, to what you asked a moment ago, because um, you, you were talking about, you know, you know, c can one person make a difference? And I agree with Brian's point, you know, grand sweeping societal changes, no. But I think you can make a difference in just individuals' lives. And um, this is going to sound so corny and, and, and so cheesy. Uh, but I, I've noticed when I try to make this personal effort myself, it, it, it actually rubs off on people. You know, like if you ever, you know, just something as simple as say holding a door or nodding to someone saying hi, or you know, you go up to like a counter in the store and you actually genuinely say hi, how are you doing? Like little things like that, like I've seen people's faces change. Um, and believe me, don't don't get me wrong. I have those days where I am in just a really shitty mood, and it's like the wrong person touches the wrong nerve, and you know it, it's it's not going to be pretty. You know, it's, it, I'm not I am not Flanders and happy go lucky all the time. But the point I'm trying to make is is like you know, can you make a difference? Yeah, because I think we have been just conditioned to just be just cold and out for ourselves in general. So I think if people do want to make a change, I think it's as simple as like just. You know, addressing other people that you come across in life is just other human beings. And, you know, just a nod, a, a smile, a hi, how are you, a simple greeting. You know, th th that could make someone feel, you know, much better. And I, I, I've seen that happen. And, again, that sounds so corny, but I think it's true. At least it I is. believe it to be. It is. I, I'm behind that. So that should be the challenge that we leave our, our listeners with is that we should – uh, be a little bit more deliberate in in being kind and human with with each other. Um, yeah, again, in the business world, we're spending the majority of our time in in these relationships. And to your point, Jim, the littlest things can have a ripple effect that you may never know the extent of the influence that that you have. And uh, in a in a world where it's become very very cold and and uncaring. Uh, I, I think we need a few islands of hope of, of, of people being, you know, caring and warm for, for each other. And we can definitely do that in the business world. And I think the risks um, are very minimal compared to uh, the value that can come out of, of being human. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So I think we can get and wrap it up uh, there. Bryant, any closing thoughts on your side? Uh, just take a, take the opportunity and, and find out if you're in that environment or in a culture in which, you know, it is uh, people are self-serving or out to help others. Um, 
and make a decision on how much longer you can last in a situation uh, in which it's self-serving. Um, I, I know for myself, there's been many instances in which I've had to make you know different decisions on, on what to do based on um, different dynamics and cultures that I was, I was present in. So put that out there for everybody else. Awesome. This is a good conversation. It went in a direction that I wasn't uh, anticipating, uh, but I think the destination we got to is a really important one. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Like this did not end up where I was expecting it to. You know, it, it totally went somewhere else. So, cool. So we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up for there. We're gonna wrap up at that point and uh, talk to you both later. Yeah. And Brian, join us anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at www.33sticks.com. The 33 Tangents podcast is a production of 33 Sticks.